two, one, and we we are uh, go. Welcome to the weekly uh, weekly grind, Ellie Douglas. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thank you for having <laughs> me on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I uh, I really wanted to get you on because um, I've been like following you on Twitter for a little bit. Uh, you, like the the you have like a really unique and specific skill set because um, you're like a horror like just in like your 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 Twitter bio pretty much says it all like you're a horror yeah. author book cover artist and and an animator too yeah um, and I feel like that is a very uh, very interesting skill set because it covers several things that like. As a like like being a book cover author as or being a book cover artist as well as like an author like I I have no idea where to start when it comes to the book covers I feel like that's a very very helpful thing to to understand. It's actually a lot of fun too. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it can actually make a story just from a picture, so you can go off and write something, which is pretty cool. Really? Yeah. So do you? I've done that a few like, times. I've created images and I thought, shit, I can write a story from that. So go away and do it and then keep the cover for myself. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm that, I'm not nearly creative enough <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I don't really know if it's creative. It's just how the mind works, I guess. Yeah, one thing kind of leading into another. Yeah. So how like how did you kind of get into this whole world? Like where did you start? With the artist side or the writing side? Uh, I don't know. Started. Which one came first? <laughs> the artist came first. I had okay, been doing so, that. Sorry, what? I was just go ahead. Like how? Like when did you start kind of drawing? I started that oh, when I was really, really young, and then through a acquaintance online, um, she put me in touch with someone that deals with just book cover making. And so it just sort of lifted off from that. And that was back in, I think, 2008. Yeah, about there. So it's been quite a while. And and so you got into kind of like the, the book cover, like design quick. Did you get into writing after that? Yes, I did. Um, I had dabbled in writing in the 80s. Um, I'm not going to reveal how old I am, but yeah, back in the 80s. And <laughs> um, I had to put it down because, you know, got married, had kids. They came first and then my writing got put on hold and then the artistry came second and then they came first and then now the writing is there. So sort of a jumbled mess back and forwards. It, it seems like you've ended up in like a really good place though. Is that, do you like, yeah. how do you feel about that? Yeah. I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> good. Shockingly. Yeah, no, um, I actually like where I am at the moment and it's good. That's awesome. Um, so what, like, did you, when you started writing, did you start kind of with the horror side of things? Is that like, I did. yes, it's always been something that I've, greatly admired um it started off as a movie sort of passion i guess you'd call it or um yeah like addiction (laughs) 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 i like my horror and i like my gore um 
So it started off with movies, went from that to books. Of course, Stephen King um, being the first and foremost <laughs> one there is great what inspiration. Was, <laughs> what, was, um, what was your favorite horror movie? Oh, gosh, it started years and years ago. I'm going to go with the old school, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. And, of course, Ooh, then The, the Thing classes. and then Aliens and then, oh, gosh, it's just so many. It's hard to keep up with the names. These latest ones, these modern ones, they're not scary. They just really aren't. I think no. I've been spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's... After a certain point, it's you're the like the modern ones. A lot of them are kind of just like remakes of old ones, and it's like, yes. you know what happens. Yes, it's very predictable, and it's I, I've changed genres as far as movie watching. I quite like the um, psychological thrillers; they're a little bit better at at giving you some more entertainment. Like um, Silence like of the Lambs and. Have you seen Hush? No. You have to watch it. You're missing out. It's about a deaf girl and her place is being broken into by someone that is very, very bad. But it's really well done. That kind of sounds creepy. It is very creepy. Very good. Um and I don't know what's going on with my brain right now, but I have forgotten the titles of these other ones. Damn it. <laughs> It'll I come mean, back that's, to me. <laughs> that's, it, it, that seems to be a thing on the show. I think I give people amnesia by, like, proxy. <laughs> I like that you give I, us uh, amnesia. <laughs> well, I, I, like, I, I always forget, like, names of stuff. It was like on almost every show, there's some title or book or author. I'm like, I'm talking about, I'm like, there's this book. This is really good. I can't remember <laughs> the name of it. Who wrote it? I, I don't can't remember him either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll come to me, but yeah. So that that's the sort of genre I've, I'm enjoying watching, but I still like to read my horror. What, um, what kind of, what, what horror is your, what like horror books are your favorite? Um, again, <laughs> golly gosh, you got me here. Um, well, of course, Stephen King, I like reading his novels, um, his earlier novels, not necessarily his latest ones. Um, gosh, where are we? Uh, I have forgotten the name. I know the title, but I've forgotten who wrote it. Oh, here we go. Um, James Herbert, The Rats, something like that. That was really mm. good. And in fact, I like James Herbert a lot. I like a lot of his books. Yeah. I've like, I've never heard of, uh, I'm not really, I've never really heard of him because I'm not really? really into the, yeah, I've not like. Horror themed? <laughs> not, not necessarily. I read, St- <laughs> I like Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I talk a lot of crap about Stephen King on the show, but I do actually enjoy his, his books. <laughs> it's all right there's plenty of others out there too (laughs) but if you're Um, not into your horror then you're not going to know who they are yeah it seems to be a very like robust but kind of tight-knit genre like like there's enough horror out there for 
uh, like all the fans to only consume that. <laughs> like all the all the horror people I know, like all my friends who are really into horror, are like really into horror stuff. And they watch it primarily. Yeah. Do they read it too, or they just watch it primarily, like you said? No, uh, like my friends don't read. They're <laughs> um, okay. My girlfriend reads. She reads a lot of Stephen King. But my friends don't read. That's why I picked her. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I'm sure she's happy too. Yeah, I, I hope so. <laughs> um. So when, like, when you picked up writing again, yeah. Um. What was it that, like, really kind of led you to do that? I wanted to write something that hadn't been done before and hadn't been redone before. So because I have a passion for liking zombies, I thought really hard about what I would write. And so my first book is called Hounded, and it's a series that is actually getting re-edited for the fifth time, um, <laughs> which we'll talk about a little bit later if you want. And yeah. it's instead of human zombies, it's dogs that are zombies. So just dogs? No, it does turn into humans as well, but in the second book. Ah. Yeah. Is it what kind of zombies is it? Magic or infection? Infection. Purposely man-made, which I go into telling about in the book. So there's a lot of stories out there, both in movies and in books, where you don't get to know how a virus is made or why. But I've dived into the reasons behind why and how. So it, would it be spoilers to ask why and how? Yes. They have to read <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go read the book. Damn it. Um, so and like when you when you picked it up again, did you just kind of like pick up the bug? Because like you've written a lot of books. <laughs> um, I started back at writing properly in 2016 so you know um 10 books in that time between now and then it's not that many not really it's pretty good i haven't finished one book in that time <laughs> uh, <laughs> i i just it just pours out of me if i get a story idea it'll just come out of me like three weekends ago i wrote crawlies which is now online for a halloween release um just over the weekend over the weekend? Over the weekend. What? Just, How long so, is it? Not long. It's a short story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mother, I, I was out here thinking you wrote a novel in the weekend. I was like, I was about to be really jealous. <laughs> I was about no, to be really angry. That, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, um, and so, when are are you self published or like how? How most you, of my uh... books, yeah, most of my books are self-published. I do have one currently with a publisher, and that is my Western Zombie, and that is with Dusty Saddles Publishing. So that was quite good that it got picked up. That's that's really cool. What? How? So you've seen kind of like both sides of the industry. I have. I have. It is a smaller publisher. It's not one of the top what they used to call the top five, but I believe that's now changed to the top six or something. I'm not sure how it works anymore. Um, 
being a smaller I, I publisher. I thought they were still the big five. Yeah, it's changed recently, I believe, last year. They don't call it that anymore. I don't know what they call it now. But um, hard to get into, obviously. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I've had a taste of both. And to be honest with you, there's no real difference. You still got to promote. You still got to get your editors. You still got to do your covers. And, you know, if you're going with the smaller publishers, but if you go with someone bigger, I assume that they have all of that as well. I mean, I, I, I've heard like stories even, and this is, I'm like, nobody should go off of anything I say. Um, but I have like, I've heard stories of how, like, depending where you are within one of those like big five cup publishing companies, mm. like if you're JK Rowling, yes, you get like the Royal treatment, but yeah. Um, if you're not, you kind of get the, like, you can end up doing a lot of the work yourself anyway. Exactly. Uh, and so. Sometimes they provide better resources and sometimes they don't. That's true. Um, it, I don't know how to explain how it how it is really because it it's one of those things that are just really tough to break. You know what I mean? As far as selling goes, as far as earning reviews, as far as getting your name out there, it's not an easy industry really to actually break through. Unless you're right. writing things like romance and or YA or something that is quite a lot more popular than horror, put it that way. Right. So, yeah, like, I mean, making it in the industry at all is really tough. Um, And, like, what, what, like, what has that side of things kind of been like for you? Which side? The publisher? Like, do you feel like you've, yeah, like, do you feel like you're? It's you, you've you've made it, or no? Is there still no. to go? Yes, no, I have not. Absolutely not. I'd like to sit here and say, "Yay, I have made it." And to a lot of people who are viewing, um, if you want to go, you know, on the statistic side of things, they could say, "Yeah, yeah, you know, you have," but I haven't. I'm a long, long way away from actually making it big. So, but I do it because I like writing. I'm not doing it to become rich and famous. And that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing because that's why you should do it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to get rich and famous. Well, maybe, but I, it's, it, it's nice to like hope, but it's nice to like plan for and work for. Yeah. But um, it's, it's, the the satisfactions in the doing um, exactly because when you look at it and <laughs> calculate everything by the time you've finished and running all the promotions there is no way in hell you're going to make your money back unless you sell thousands of book books every week right so how how do you kind of like approach that promotion side of things like what what kind of stuff are you doing to, to, to do that? Uh, well, social media, for one. <laughs> um, aside from that, there are some paid promotional sites that can often reach readers that you can't, and it's just a, it's basically trial and error. And even though I started this back in 2016, 
it's not I haven't found the one that can actually reach a particular audience which is what I need for horror so in terms of how that works out it's very expensive <laughs> right are you just, so it's running a lot of ads and, and running uh, a lot like of ads pages. and yeah you know you just got to keep on and keep on and keep on until you have no money left and become bankrupt. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> maybe don't go that far. Well, no, you don't uh, want to go that far, but yeah, it, it does get difficult with the more books you have. I mean, if you've got just the one, then I would think it would be not as bad, but when you've got as many as I have, it can get quite expensive. Right. But it's, it's, it's also one of those things where the more you do it, the more it pays off. Absolutely. You know, I mean, my, my following has grown considerably since I started. So that's something. And I guess people who are interested are interested in, in what I write. Well, that's good. It's nice to yeah. have people interested in our, in, exactly. in our stuff. You gotta have some fans, eh? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like what like with with like you know 10 books and like like you said when and all the stories of like you said it flows out of you kind of where do your ideas come from <laughs> they come from my brain i know i'm, I'm laughing and and it's like <laughs> such a stupid comment to say but it's true. They actually come from my mind. It can be something as simple as seeing a spider and thinking how how that spider would feel if it could talk, and then a story will come out, i.e. Crawley's. It's from a spider's perspective. That's That's a really interesting process, actually, to, like, extrapolate from like that far from something that small. Yeah. And turn it into your worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Those who suffer from arachnophobia should not even come close to it. <laughs> have you, have you like gotten the response from people that you've like really scared them? Yes, I have. That's gotta be yes. satisfying. Oh, it is extremely satisfying to know that I have terrified someone that much that they've had trouble sleeping, um, that they've come close to pissing their pants without being rude. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, no, yeah, no, this is a fucking nice family feeling. show. you got to be careful. Sorry, what? This is a fucking family show. you got to be careful what you say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Alrighty then. We can become sailors. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's, that's <laughs> like making someone piss their pants is kind of actually hilarious. Um, yeah. But that's that's really cool. That must be like because that's that's kind of like the point of doing it, right? Yes, that's the rewarding comments that you like to hear as an author. You know what it does to people, how they felt afterwards, the fact that it might pop into their brain six months after they've read it and they're still terrified of something that they've read in that particular book that has given them concern. It's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to like elicit that like investment. Mm. Um, 
that's that's really kind of like a beautiful thing. That's part of that's like why we do it. Um, so when like do you you do your own book covers? I assume I do. And whenever, like, when you're drawing, when you, uh, uh, like, get the idea from a drawing you've already done, do you just, like, turn that into the cover? Like, well, like, that's, that is one thing I actually really want to get into is kind of, like, what goes into to, to designing a cover. Well, it really depends on what the cover is that you're making and for who or for yourself. For example, when I had that, I know I'm focusing a lot on it, but it's only because it's a new release my latest book, Crawley's, I wanted the cover to represent something that showed the spiders, but the showed the fear and not make it too graphic. So it took me, I don't know, a couple of days to think about exactly what I would do. And I came up with it and I'm quite satisfied with the cover I came up with. Um, it's all done through Photoshop. I don't actually hand draw anything. So I'm not that clever. <laughs> Did you, um, teach yourself photoshop i did and i taught myself animation <laughs> so i kind of can tap myself on the back there and go <laughs> taught myself I mean, some shit, you know <laughs> that's that's i mean that's really cool i i tried to teach myself both of those things at some point and failed miserably um <laughs> what uh how, like how did that transition happen it actually started when i had my twins when they were little babies and I used to take photos of them, I would put them into Photoshop and then extract them from the background and then add in a different cool fantasy background. So I actually started it back then. This was going back in 2002. So, and then it just developed. I, I liked doing what I was doing and um, went from there onwards. I mean, the, it, I think it works. That cover is terrifying. Oh, you're saying now? <laughs> it's it's yeah. it gives it's giving me the heebie-jeebies. I got to be honest. It's, a lot of it's, yeah. <laughs> it's really appropriate for for this time of year too. <laughs> yep, perfect for Halloween. A great short story. Get the blood flowing. Give yourself a heart attack. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> No need to go to McDonald's. You just read one of my books. I'll give you a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, that's number one cause of death. <laughs> yeah, or, or the the jump scare. Jump scare. I'm like I'm the one one reason I'm not super into. I, I don't like. I'm not like a horror fiend. Is because I'm kind of like a pansy about it. I like jump scares. Will just. You know, that's all I need. And I'm like, heart rate is skyrocketed. I'm like half dying on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably the sort of person that will, what, follow the sound instead of going the opposite direction? <laughs> no, I I would absolutely go in the opposite direction. Oh, good. good I, I, I have no, I have no <laughs> presumption about proving anything to anyone. <laughs> If there are bumps in the night, I'm going the other way. <laughs> I tell you what, there's so many people that just don't do that, in particular the movies, and it drives me insane. Why the hell would anyone go towards the noise? Just get out of there. Hello? Move. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of lazy. Like it's it's one of those like tropes where it's like 
I, I understand why you do it because you got to get person A down person like down into the room, but like come up with a better reason. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, it's. <laughs> I uh, I think I think the first time I watched, so like there's some of these movies that are like the first time I watched uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. I, it. I wasn't like that was hilarious. Like the, the over the top gore, especially at the end mm. when he like pulls the girl through the, 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 <laughs> the bed and there's like a volcano of blood <laughs> shooting onto the ceiling. What age it's, were you though when you watched that? Like 25, like way too old. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I was like, 14 i think 13 14 there's a big difference oh yeah oh yeah like that's when i was when i was a kid i was terrified of darth vader oh, okay. <laughs> all right then i shall not breathe like him i won't want to bring back memories <laughs> for you when uh, so like we were that that horror addiction started really early then yeah, it did. I mean, me and my brothers, we used to play tricks on each other. And I think we had just come out of seeing Friday the 13th and we wanted to scare our mother. So we got one of my dolls and we chopped the head off of it. We stuck it on a plate, covered it in tomato sauce and stuck it in the fridge. <laughs> Needless to say, she wasn't impressed and she was not scared. <laughs> how, how mad was she? She was really pissed. She was so furious. <laughs> and it was more because the plate was dirty and the sauce had leaked over into the fridge, which caused a mess, and she was really mad. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, just <laughs> to answer your question, yes, definitely. It's been around for a long time. What, um... <laughs> so, is like, is is it your whole, like, family that's into it? Like no, just me. I've got two brothers, but it's only me and my older brother that are into the horror. My younger brother's not necessarily now that he's, he's older. Not, he's not into it anymore. He's more into kung fu, you know. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. So I got to watch all of that stuff too, all of the Jet Li and, oh, God, I've forgotten the names of them again. You you really do know how to cause amnesia. <laughs> I, I, it's infectious, I'm telling you. <laughs> Oh my god! I'll have to write about this. No. <laughs> That'll that would that would make a good horror story. I think someone yeah, who's would. just like forces you to forget things just by being yep. around. Yeah, there's a name for that, but I won't repeat it on here. <laughs> <laughs> I I, I kind of want to hear the name. <laughs> it's called your mind fucking with someone. Oh yeah. There you go. There we go. Now we're talking like title too. This is a family show. <laughs> I heard you um, before. <laughs> you can't um, hide that. I could try. You're gonna be unsuccessful, dude. <laughs> I didn't say I had to succeed at all. I said it was I had to try. Oh, that's true. You get anything. um so 
what like ten books in like would uh, have have you have you feel do you feel like you've grown as, as an author absolutely like yep and developed far better than I did from the first book that I wrote which I guess is like anything the more you practice at it the better you become at it right that that like first book how how long did it take you to write the first one less than a year and it's a big book big yeah <laughs> yeah did yeah. you were you um did you like did the do you feel like that like you write quicker now no i write about the same speed it's just a mad well, tongue twister, you did that too. Um, <laughs> it's about finding time. You get a lot of right. different authors that say they make time and that you should make time, but I just write whenever I get time and whenever the ideas strike. I mean, it seems to be working for you. I think, <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I you think know, you're you... making time pretty well. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, like, do you, do you type everything out? Yes, I do. I am a typist. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, uh, got cut off for a second. Uh, I got cut off right after, uh, what does the process look like? I didn't even know you had, I didn't hear that question. So what does what process look like? Uh, when, when you're editing. Oh, okay. Well, we must've missed a few moments there <laughs> okay the process for editing right oh well okay so i'll i i think i know where i started to get cut off um when when you're like when you have kind of like the the rough draft done how do you kind yeah. of get to like the editing process from there how do you approach that um okay back then i knew nothing and i mean nothing so I wrote the book and then sent it off to an editor that I thought could be trustworthy and wasn't, was a load of crap. Didn't know it at the time, went ahead and published it and then got told by a few of the reviews, great story, needs editing. So it got done again. Nowadays that I've learned a lot more, I not only write the book, I get it proofread, I get it beta read, I get it edited, and then I will go through it again, and then it'll get edited again before it even goes online. So there's a massive process involved. Wow. Wow. So how long does that process take? Um, longer than it takes me to write the book, <laughs> 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 which is a real annoyance, but no, it can take anywhere from a month to three months it depends on the length of the book and what availability it, the editor has as well right yeah so like the do you ever like do like the you were talking about the a book with five rewrites yeah which is hounded which is my first book and it's getting its final um editing done as i speak to you it's on the last one and it's going to be turned into a at the moment it's two books but i'm going to be turning it into a three book series because it's such a long book so i'm going to break it up into three parts instead of the two and the reason for the 
mega amount of edits on that is because the four previous editors that I've had have failed me. What um what happened with the previous editors? Um, they were just very bad editors. They had gone around claiming that they were professionals when they weren't. So it took a right. few different other people to read the book to tell me, and I'm glad that they told me because if they hadn't, I wouldn't have known. Um, and I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I like to have my books out there that are well edited. I mean, nothing's right. ever going to be perfect, but better to have them properly done than not at all. So that's right. the reason I'm getting it redone. And I've given it a new cover as well, which I will release closer to the time when I re-release it. Right. That's 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 kind of that's kind of a really cool story of that book of like what like what kind of stuff were were people noticing that they had missed? A, a lot of grammar errors, unfortunately. Um, commas where they shouldn't be, full stops where they shouldn't be. Real basic stuff, but enough to throw a reader off um, from reading because it would count as what they call run-on sentencing, things like that. Right. Yeah. But aside um, from that, yeah, nothing, nothing major. So. Yeah, <laughs> and now the process is a lot more like more drawn out to catch that. Yep, yep. Doing a line by line rather than just a, a read through from these so called editors that it had before. <laughs> that's that's gotta be tough, especially with like you know, there's there's a lot of uh uh websites out there that like make it easy to, to claim your something when you're when you don't really have any experience at all. Exactly. Um, it's it's gotta be like, is there any kind of way you know, to, what, what do you do to, to kind of tell the difference? Uh, don't go for the cheap ones. That's my biggest mistake. Because I'm in New Zealand and a lot of the editors that are available online are charging in US dollars. And it's almost double that for us here in New Zealand. So say something's 300, it's almost 600 for us. So I went for the cheaper ones, which is the worst thing to do. Don't do that. And I didn't look into a... Uh, like the credentials of the editor, I just took their word for it. But you've got to look into the their credentials, see who they have edited, look at the books they have edited, read the reviews of those books and find out if they're actually any good. That would be the best advice I can give anyone. Right. Just kind of have like a resume of like, here's the stuff I've worked on before. Yeah. And And actually follow through with looking up that work and finding out yeah. <laughs> yeah don't just take the word for it on a website because it can be bullshit <laughs> <laughs> how do you and, how do you double check that that they were oh i guess they would be credited as the editor no like say for example they they display the the books i've edited it might be 50 books that they've done over a period of time so you would look up those books on amazon or goodreads or somewhere and you would look at the reviews of those books because that's where you're going to get told in a review more often than not that that's where it'll be pointed out, well, the story's okay, but the editing sucks or something like that, so you'd know. Right. Extra homework for you or yeah. anybody who's writing, but well worth it. Well, yeah, and that's that's usually how it ends up working out is the the more stuff you can do up front to kind of get ahead of these things, the better off mm. it's going to be. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's the less work it's going to be for you later on to fix it. Exactly. Yeah. Until you end up finding the right editor. And of course, not, no one editor is enough. You do need to have the book looked at by other editors as well. If you can afford them, the more you have, the better. What, um, what are like, I hear a lot about different kinds of editors, like copy editor and line editor and proofreading and, and like, like, uh, the, the, I, 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 for someone who's not really been through the full process, it seems very dense to me. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't quite understand it. What is kind of the difference between them? Okay. We'll take a, a proofreader as someone who will just proofread the book after it's been edited. So they will be the ones to catch anything that may have been missed by the editor. Um, a line by line editor is someone that will actually go through every single word of that particular book and if you um, say for example something doesn't line up time wise or um, a character's age is different to the character's age later on in the book they'll pick up things like that so that's where that comes into it and then you have your just copy editing which does a, a different thing altogether so it explains all this if you just do a Google search. <laughs> <laughs> do I suppose. Right? But <laughs> what 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 do you what do you, you like? Which kind of editing do you? You need use? all three. You all do. Three? Yeah, you need all of them. Don't make the mistake I did and just do the run of the mill um, editing because it's really not worth it in the end because it's your name. And you don't want to be associated with having bad books out there. You want to be associated with having well-edited books out there. Right. Yeah, that's something that's 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 really important to consider is kind of how you're gonna gonna approach that in terms of like the name. Um, yeah. And it is expensive, but it is worth it because it is your name, and you you know you want to carry that. You don't want it to be associating you to something that's awful. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the the name is kind of the, the the biggest asset an author can have. Like, yes, even even Stephen King's books, like the the stuff he publishes, not within his name, does not sell the way like a Stephen King book sells. Mm. And Great. I don't know how well especially right now, but uh, the, the Robert Galbraith books did, uh, which is J.K. Rowling's um, pseudonym for yeah. her mystery novels, which recently came under a lot of fire that I'm not going to touch with a 15-foot Oh, I read about that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to get close to that, except see that it is happening, and it sucks to be her right now. Yes, um, <laughs> But I don't like the when she when it was first published, she tried to not like let people know it was her. Mm. Uh, people found out eventually because the just J.K. Rowling. Um, yeah. But they like I do not think they sold very well. I didn't hear anything about them like before until like until they were like, oh yeah, J.K. Rowling published these books under a dude's name. Mm. That was like the last I heard about it. Um, I don't know. Or that was the first either. I heard about yeah. it. Yeah. I read the first one. It was decent. <laughs> it was decent for a mystery novel. Um, I have not read it. it. 
Um, but it is, it is, it is just like more just talking about like protecting that, that name that you can have like JK, like, I guess if, if we to, to refer back to topic we shall not refer to <laughs> like mm-hmm. screwing up your name can really hurt an author. It um, can, and there is a sad thing to the story as well as that your books that you publish because you're a self publisher they can never be removed fully. They will still be online held somewhere in some place. So they will prop up now and again, no matter how many times you release a new copy of it, those old ones are still there to be had. And that's sad. Yeah. Uh, I, I look at it like, I don't know. I try to make the best out of it because I've, I've actually recently come under this exact issue in a, in a completely different medium. Mm. um of uh wrestling because i actually i'm involved in a wrestling promotion and we came under fire for something um one of our talent did uh on in our name but not without our like with like our permission (laughs) um and kind of like gave us a really bad reputation in the ind- in like the, the the local local industry right off the start, it's been it's been rough just like dealing with that. Um, be, yeah. So I like it's it's something that that's definitely needs to be considered. Um, when when you to to kind of like swerve in from that, where we because you have you have like a fairly successful like social media presence at least you know relative to at at the very least me like it's it's you seem to be doing pretty well um how how do you kind of approach that again it's just time it's like that's taken me you know i don't know how many years to build that following but it's persistent work every day it doesn't come out of nowhere. It, you know, can't pluck it out of thin air, unfortunately. Um, Absolutely. It, it's being engaged with people. I think that's the biggest key is to constantly be engaged and to do things for others and not expect it for yourself. And that's who I've always been. I've always done things for other people and never expected anything in return. And it's the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> <laughs> well that's that's really cool that's actually uh really nice to hear uh to, to from from people i get a lot of people like on here who, who that i mean I'd, I'd love to hear stuff like that um thank you um sorry i'm having a little bit of a brain fart right now <laughs> now i have <laughs> which also happens <laughs> you just gave it right back to me exactly uh, it's the pl- last minute plot twist <laughs> see this book's gonna go far <laughs> <laughs> when um when you are uh, uh writing like how how like what kind of writer are you do you, like how do you how do you kind of like approach each story are you, do you I plot do it out put it that way i'm not a plotter I'm a goer, whatever they want it, whatever title they give it. I just sit down, I have an idea, and I write. Yeah, that's 
I that seems to be a very popular method. That's the one I I employ as well. Um, I say employ like it's an intentional tactic. Um, <laughs> uh, do you, do you ever run into like writer's block? No. And if I if I've ever had writer's block, I've just always stepped away from it for a week or so, and then gone back with fresh eyes, and then boom, it just hits me again. So I can't say if it's writer's block or if that's just me. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that doesn't. That's uh, that. I mean, that's that's kind of writer's block as well, because you get you hit a point where you can't like. Even if you've been doing a lot, there's a, there's a point where it's just like you need a break, <laughs> and that's it. Get the get the creative juices flowing again. Um, but like when when you finish with a story, do you kind of like do you do any editing before you kind of send it off? Do like how do you? Because you were yeah, saying you I, like went through proof. When I finish a book, I always read through it four times i know that sounds crazy but i read through it so many times that i i can kind of make myself crazy and then i do (laughs) what i do something that is actually advised and that's read out aloud read your story out aloud it doesn't matter who hears you or whatever just read the damn thing out aloud and you'll be surprised at what you can catch yeah there's a there's a a lot to be said for that i've always felt very strongly about that i heard that a long time ago and i do i've been doing that with a lot of my stuff yeah um it's you 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 get used to like word patterns that you say and when something is wrong it just like feels wrong (laughs) is when you say it It out loud and you can think things and write things (laughs) yeah Yeah. you can think (laughs) things and write things that make perfect sense in your head or written out then you say it out loud you're like wait a minute yeah, wait a minute. I'm the word here. What the hell? Where did that word go? Or I've skipped a whole generation. Nah, nothing that bad. But yeah, it's always important. And then after I've done that, then I will send it off to a editor and then wait for the editor to complete it. And then I'll send it to a second editor and then a proofreader and then a beta reader. What? How do you approach beta reading? Because I, I see a lot of different kind of approaches to that from like having tons of people kind of helping like develop the book versus having just like a few um i've never had anyone help develop the book so. well i mean in terms of beta reading um well and that i just go social media and, and hunt out the ones that have done in my genre which obviously is horror and i go through and see what they've done and then make a decision find them that way Oh, right. Um, so there's like professional beta readers that you use? Yes. Well, I don't hold on to who I've who I've used before unless I found them really, really good. Um, I generally try to find new, fresh, completely brand new eyes for the latest stories that I'm writing. Um, and I'll just do a quick post on Twitter and say, you know, after a beta reader or a proofreader and boom, you're inundated with a lot (laughs) (laughs) how many do you usually just pick like one or two yeah yeah definitely i think two is is about the limit because then you're having it proofread as well so you don't want to end up overwhelmed right 
what kind of feedback do you, do you look for? Like what, what makes like good feedback? Good feedback is to have somebody come back and say, damn, good story. You, you scared the shit out of me. Perfect. um if they find anything of course then i'd like to you know go back to the editor and say hey you missed this and i missed this and can we redo it and then that gets redone and then it goes back to the beta reader and so on and so on until it is as close to perfect as one can get right that's 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 like a hard judgment call when like when do you ever i i i guess we talked about the one that you already like re-edited you were yeah. re-editing five times yeah. um but that was also for like kind of specific errors do you when do you like call it on a on a book is that um, just you when i first started writing for that particular book back then it was me being impatient and that's another reason i didn't catch the things that needed to be caught and so on so when you know when something's done, it's it's pretty much based on the feedback you get. It's not necessarily your own intuition here. It's it's feedback that will seal the deal. Right. So it's there's there just comes a point when everyone agrees that like, hey, this is done. Yeah, I mean, if you've sent it off to say three different beta readers just hypothetically speaking, and two of them came back and told you, hey, this is perfect, it's ready to go, and one came back with throwing out their own story ideas, I would go with the two that already said it's perfect and just go and upload it. Right. You know, I mean, just, it's a judgment call. Yeah. I mean, that's just, it's interesting to see how, like, people make that judgment call because it's, it's ultimately like a judgment call everybody's got to make at some point. No, I guess not everybody. A lot, so a lot, a lot of people don't write to publish their work. But if you if you are intending to publish and kind of go that route, it um, is like that's a, like a tough judgment call. Like when do you like how do you kind of approach it after that? Is there do you would you ever like go back and like look at something and be like, oh, I could have done this differently and could have done that differently? No, no, I'm pretty satisfied by the time that everything's been edited and proofread and beta read that it's time to get it published. And that day I always, I look forward to, but I also hate because the process is annoying. And when you <laughs> upload your books to KDP, it can be an extreme nightmare because sometimes something is not done formatted correctly and you have to go back and do it again and so on and so on. Right. The how do you how do you kind of like approach formatting just like using kdp do you help do you use anyone to help with that i um (laughs) i did in the beginning i used to get somebody to help me but i've learned how to do it myself so i do it all in uh, microsoft office actually i don't use any fancy writing tools i just choose good old microsoft office it's that's it's really a kind of a fancy writing tool (laughs) it's pretty powerful (laughs) It is. Um, I mean, you can do anything the, in it. Oh, absolutely. It's it's hard to figure out how to use, but I guess in in today's day and age, it's it's really just there's no excuse because there's you have Google. Exactly, and YouTube. <laughs> yeah, YouTube is huge. You can get any tutorial of like anything on YouTube. Yep, and tutorials are your friend. <laughs> absolutely. 
Um, so what are what are you working on now? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, I I am paused with my writing, so you could say I'm on a bit of a writing hiatus. However long that lasts, it might be a week, might be two weeks, I don't know. But I'm actually in the process with some other writers, other horror writers, I will say. And um, I've joined with them. And we're starting a YouTube channel. And it's going to be called Meet the Monsters, Inc. And it's something that we're going to be doing, like running games, giving away prizes. The official launch date for this is on the 7th of October. And authors will have the opportunity to talk about their books, new releases, and readers will be able to, to take part in interviews, participate in giveaways, win special prizes, and so on. So it's That's something that awesome. I'm getting in myself into, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, these are going to be live interviews as well, so it's different. Um, putting yourself out there on YouTube is not an easy thing to do when you, you know, have never done it before. But right. we're all doing it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of like publishing, right? It's at a certain point you just hit go. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> how did you, how did that come about? Like, well, how did that come together? Um, it was actually through um, another horror writer, um, Andrea, and it was her idea. So that's how that was born, and she invited me and two others, and so the four of us have gone forth and developed it and we're just pretty sure it'll work out really well oh, i mean that sounds like it i'm i'm, I'm definitely going to be paying attention um, <laughs> <laughs> um otherwise i'll have to write you into one of my stories and kill you off now just kidding <laughs> I, I would actually love to die in a horror in a horror story okay. that would be awesome if you can do I will that, do that too. I've, yep, I've actually done that with a few people. I've sent out um, invitations for anyone who wants to participate in a book, and then I've developed the character based on them, and then killed them off, and they liked it. <laughs> that really sounds awesome. I want to yeah. just just have the a big guy with a beard and have him die in a manly and stoic manner, and I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Consider it done. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I'm sure we could gouge your eyes out and split open your brain and have someone feast Ooh. on it. <laughs> Ooh. Fun. Yep. Can we I have, do like can my we have something? Can we have something feast on it? Do you do Sorry, monster have... more or? Ah, now see that's the where it comes to my mind. I can develop anything if I feel like it might be an insect, for example, or a zombie turned Dracula. Who knows? Anything's possible. What do you What do you think the appeal is with like zombies? Because you said you were you do a lot of zombie. You write a lot yeah, of zombies. Yeah, I'm a bit of a zombieaholic. Uh, <laughs> what is the appeal? To be honest with you, I think it's more just the fact that you have dead things running around after you that are very difficult to die. You know, um, <laughs> I like gore. I think I've said that a few times during this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> zombies pretty much is like walking gore. Yeah. 
you know, they can they can do some serious damage, and I like that. I like the fact that they can pull a person apart. You know, they've got this ungodly strength about them, yet they can't formulate a sentence. You know, it's kind of like it's cool. Yeah. Do Do you like like fast zombies or slow zombies? Both. But I like different zombies, too. All of my zombies are not your usual type. They're always different. They might be translucent, or they might be 10 feet tall, or they might be dwarfs. Who knows? <laughs> Ooh. How do you get a 10-foot-tall zombie? Um, genetics. It's <laughs> something that's that's changed the way that the genetic, the, uh, the bio and the chemistry and all of that stuff. I'm not going to get too technical about it in here because that, that I'm be not a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is the show where, where nobody knows. Uh, I, for one, never know what I'm talking about, so I can't expect anybody else to. <laughs> and that was just, just off the fly kind of throw it out there. I mean, I haven't written about actual 10 feet tall zombies. <laughs> <laughs> that should be that should, it could be a 10 foot tall zombie that kills me. Well, I'm actually thinking about writing about bears that are zombies. Um, can you imagine that? I mean, they stand oh, about 10 feet tall and that, they're aggressive. That would be terrifying. Yeah. That's that's like a yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I I would quit at that point. I'm going <laughs> to the desert somewhere. I'm very far away. Well, very far away from western. any <laughs> I wrote that in my western. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. One of the most um, pretty powerful chapters, and I really enjoyed it writing as a zombie bear. Oh my goodness, that is that is terrifying, especially because like bears, just a regular bear is kind of terrifying. Like, yeah. <laughs> and now it like the only thing that makes bears look cute and cuddly is they don't like actively look for human flesh. You don't even have to make it undead because it, it's just like hard to kill. But if it is actively looking for human flesh, that mm-hmm. is a terrifying creature. And I'm out of America at that point. There's too just many imagine, goddamn bears here. <laughs> just imagine eagles as well. The it, zombie eagles. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. yeah. No, yes. no, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I can't get away from all like zombie <laughs> eagles. What? Uh, there are eagles everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if I go north, there's bears. It's like, come on. <laughs> and wolves. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, zombie never animals ending. are yeah, never yeah, ending. Zombie animals are terrifying. <laughs> are a terrifying prospect. Yeah, but I mean, it's a lot better than being a human zombie, isn't it? It's scarier. I I don't know because humans physically are so lame um, <laughs> compared to like animals. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, it it would certainly be like awful to be in a horde of zombies, humans, and mm-hmm. it would certainly be awful to be turning into a zombie. That would be a terrifying experience. Yeah. Um, it's they're they're, uh, but like throw in 
animal like reflexes and a bear's strength and sheer size. Like mm-hmm. what are you how you're gonna bar your door against a horde of bears? No, no, you're not. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. You're just gonna die. That's yeah, just exactly. what's gonna happen. And you'll <laughs> just die gonna get hor- horrifically. And it's gonna be horrific. Like here's here's the only good thing. It's only gonna take like a couple days and we're all gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who needs COVID? Just come and see Ellie. She'll give you some animals. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, you've you've reached the sick mind of Ellie Douglas. Wipe out the entire human planet in like a week, just zombie yeah. bears. Well, what about zombie crocodiles or hippos? Uh, uh, or elephants? I mean, hello, you know, or, or giraffe Jesus. actually. <laughs> I feel like a zombie giraffe would just like lose its head. <laughs> without like with rotting flesh you'd just be like you'd have a zombie uh, you'd have a zombie giraffe body with like the head dragging behind because <laughs> like falling off the 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 whole <gasps> neck is just like snapped uh, huh. <laughs> be fun, um, though. It, that would be amazingly fun just avoid africa <laughs> avoid i don't know certainly freaking australia Oh. Zombie anything in Australia would be that's like game over. <laughs> yeah, they got some pretty nasty bugs and creatures and all sorts over there. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm not about the poisonous spiders. I want to be able to see the poisonous things that kill me. Yeah, I don't think many people <laughs> like the idea of being attacked by a poisonous spider. Yeah, somebody should write a horror book about that or something. Geez, I wonder why, who that would be. <laughs> Wait a minute, it's coming. It's Halloween release, hello. It was Crawley. Um, so I've gotten you to reveal a little bit more about Crawley's, that there's poison spiders in it. No, there's no, <laughs> there's no poisonous spiders in it, but it's spiders, and it's from a spider's perspective, as I said. So it's not written by a human, it's written by a spider. Spiders spiders are one of those weird things where they are both terrifying and like super useful. Super what? Like the useful. Actual, yeah. Like right. the actual insect, they they drive away ants, they eat mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Now if you take the hornet, it is not useful. They need to be wiped off the planet. <laughs> <laughs> God, can you imagine freaking zombie hornets? Oh, my God. How? You can't even <laughs> shoot them in their head. What did <laughs> you do? <laughs> that would be swarming you and, like, oh, my God, that would be awful. Oh, no, thank you. No, yeah. no. I no, just, no see, that's, flame, that's flamethrower time. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is. That's killer with fire time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get Elon Musk on the five hundred dollar. We need a stimulus package of flamethrowers to everybody to deal with the zombie hornets. <laughs> or he can just put us all in in space in his car. Yeah, right. <laughs> a whole bunch of cars floating in space. <laughs> but wait, could zombie could zombie hornets, since they're undead, they don't need air, could they go in space? Okay, now stop that. <laughs> 
Is that is that mixing genres too much? Is that mixing horror with? Oh, I don't know. That could actually be a really really good story. Imagine that. You think you can escape your planet, but they come after you anyway. You get like bugs on the on the space station that evolve mm-hmm. into zombies due to some biological experiment you're just fighting zombie bugs on the moon (laughs) yeah wow (laughs) good imagination (laughs) i i told you this went off this this goes off on tangents this is not there's no there's no structure to this show it goes wherever it wants to go um good So what are, what's kind of, is, is, is there anything like formulating in your brain for what's coming next in terms of like stories or are you just like shut down? Uh, No, I'm not shut down. I'm never shut down. I do have ideas rolling around in my head. I did start a novel about four months ago and I've set it, set it aside for now, but I will go back to it. So that's probably what will be next. Um, I stopped to write this latest book, <laughs> Crawley's. Gosh, I'm focused on that a lot. Anybody think? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Well, so you... I'll probably go back to that. And it's an apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic one. Ooh, fun. Yeah. No zombies in it. There you go. Double fun. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, was, I thought that was going to be a given. <laughs> no. No, not all my stories contain zombies, believe it or not. As much as I love them, they don't all contain zombies. <laughs> <laughs> um, what kind of uh, post-apocalypse is it then? Uh, it's going to like be about... Subject. Well, it, <laughs> it's actually about a brother and sister and their journey and how are they going to survive and whether or not they can. And I won't say any more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. So they're young. So fair enough. So what? What's your what's your call on the end of the world? How, how are we going out? The MOS or what? <laughs> what's in the? Because it's a po- if it's like a post-apocalypse. My, I'm curious what the apocalypse was. Oh, okay. Um, this is all to do with natural disasters. It's actually to do with volcanoes and tsunamis and um, then a, I guess you could call it a third world war. So, and the virus, it's going to contain quite a few things that end up making it an apocalypse. Ah, it's, we get the, the, the full, the full, the full treaty, the full yeah. course. Yeah. Try my hand at something different. <laughs> All it's four a, courses. <laughs> yeah. This make the make the world well and truly dead. <laughs> well and truly dead. And can human race the human race can they recover or not? Well well you'll have to wait till the book comes out to find out. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. What um what about it feels different for you? It's said I haven't done this without any of the monsters or zombies that it's all based on human nature and how horrible we can be as as violent and nasty as we can be what humans are or can be do you know what i mean 
Yeah, kind of getting down to like the the psychological aspect of it. Yeah, it's sort of like you know what what you would do in a situation where you had no food and who who you would kill in order to get food. It, it's more based on a survival type scenario than it is anything else, which I thought that's the difference anyway. Yeah, the uh, I those are really interesting to me it's it's not dissimilar to to my own um i think that's one of the most in, like because i have a post-apocalyptic book that i actually started like a year and a half ago uh about a year ago on a on a break from from the constant rewrites of my current thing um or my current work in progress um but the the, the interesting thing about or to me about that genre is like you strip away the monsters and the worst thing about it is always people. Yeah. Uh, what we become when, you know, everything we've built over millennia kind of like falls away. Yeah, exactly. And what we're capable of doing is pretty horrific. Yeah. And that's, um, it seems to be the, the, the ethos of the day. It's, it's, it's it's something that's been like stressed this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, this is kind of a kind of a fairly topical subject, really. Um, what uh did did you notice anything kind of different structurally, like like while you're writing it? Is there did you take like a different approach, like? in terms of the the perspective or the yeah um i have actually i'm writing it it's going to be starting the boy is i think from memory because it was a few months ago and i've written a few things before after that he's 14 at the time so i'm writing it as a third person and he's telling the story as if it as if somebody had picked up his journal right hmm. what um did you did you find like when you went back to Crawley's that you were kind of did you did you look at it any differently trying something new? No. Did you? I was able to switch complete different, even though they're the same horror kind of genre. Um, Crawley's is definitely horror, whereas the post-apocalyptic one is is probably more along the lines of psychological horror thriller. So right. and I can switch between several different genres actually. Not a problem. I don't carry them over. That's that's really cool. The uh, I because I, I when I went to my post apocalyptic thing and then look it like writing from the from the from the different perspective because mm. uh, I I had been writing everything in third person omniscient and then I I went and wrote the post apocalyptic thing in first person. Right. Um, and when it, when I went back and like just going through that process of switching made me understand so much more about what I was doing with the third person omniscient, how I was using it when I went back to it. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know. I, it's, I've, I've felt it, it made me kind of realize how important it was for me to do different kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, because it, and then I'd, I'd learn more about my, uh, 
like why I'm I'm making the decisions I'm I'm making in terms of uh, the 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 storytelling. Yeah. Um, How close to finishing it are you? That's a really solid question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am hoping to have something akin to a final draft by the end of the year. Cool. Um, it's been it's been a, a long process. Uh, I I kind of jumped into this with like both feet. I I did a bunch of I made a bunch of early mistakes uh, in in like with like creative decisions that that made it difficult for my like difficult and like I, I tied one arm behind my back and tried to write it and mm-hmm. I don't know why I did that um I, I like looking back I, I kind of also sucked all the fun out of me writing it which I ended up was part of why it took so long but then when I tried to work on other stuff I I, I kind of like realized what I was doing like I that was I realize like hey i i'm having way more fun writing this way why was i writing the other way <laughs> oh i think i made a mistake <laughs> and i went back and looked at it like i thought it was done i was ready to just like put it up and just hit publish i went back and looked at it and i was like mm, i see what i did wrong here i need to rewrite this and then it came down to like a decision of like do i it needs to be rewritten. Do I just put it down or do I put in the work? And like something, it was like, you should probably put in the work. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'll do it. Good. Is this your first book? Um, yeah, for the, it's my first like original thing. I wrote a couple like fan fictions, but fan fictions don't really count. <laughs> um, and this, it, it was like, I I I got a really good response to my fan fictions when I was writing them, so I thought I was hot shit. <laughs> and I started writing and was like, I'm going to be special and different. And then I was it was just stupid and why? <laughs> um, but like I I do really like the story and I really like the world that I set the story in. Um yeah. I feel like I did like something right along with it. And I think like I can fix this. It just needs a lot more meat on these bones. And you'll get there. Have you got a title yeah. for it? Oh yeah. The title's mud rat. Mud rat. T- yep. Wow. Cool title. I, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, a fantasy novel set in it's like a alternate world fantasy novel um and i don't know how much i i don't know how much i really want to talk about it <laughs> in terms of like yeah, the what interview's the title turned is. around now i'm interviewing you <laughs> yeah this is not this is not how this is supposed to go hey <laughs> this is like well, that amnesia just, thing oh one more question <laughs> Do you have a cover for it? And if not, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I have a cover for it. I don't know if I'm going to use it. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> so I might, I might be, I might be hitting you up with a new cover request <laughs> at some point. Um, but. <laughs> 
with your with kind of like coming back to you and the interview I'm supposed to be doing and not just like <laughs> faffing about talking about my own stuff. Um, w- what kind of have have you started filming content for this for the YouTube channel yet? At this stage, we've done author introductions. So there's a a few of us authors on YouTube currently on the channel, which we don't have an, um, you know, how you can get your own personalized YouTube channel name. Yeah. You you know, the URL. We don't have that yet. It's just Meet the Monsters, Inc. Because we have to wait until I think you've got 100 subscribers, I believe it is, and then you can get a personalized URL. Um, So at the moment, we've got author introductions there's a few authors on there that we've uploaded and they introduce themselves and then um when we go live obviously which is on the 7th of october then you will see everybody and who um, who we have booked in for that particular live show is it i don't know (laughs) that's andrea she's worked that one out (laughs) Ooh, is this a special guest Oh, they're all going to be special guests. They're all awesome. I mean, everybody's. It's uh, you, you. You love all your children, right? But <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> do we have anyone special coming on the show at the stage? No, everyone is special. So that's the way we're looking at it. We don't have any um any celebrities. If that's where you were going, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you should just maybe you probably should we should invite Stephen that. King, right? <laughs> Right, we should get we should get Stephen King on here. I yeah. should, I, I should get Stephen King on here. That would be awesome. I yeah. can grill him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or he might turn it around like I've done and grill you. <laughs> as long as I don't give him amnesia, I like I can't I can't I can't be responsible for that. I can't have that on my on my. <clears throat> you, you screwed up, Stephen King. Came on that. <laughs> That Eddie guy had that show. Stephen King came on, and he was never the same. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do interviews anymore. <laughs> um, just kept forgetting everything he wrote. It was just like, I mean, oh, shocking! I, that would be horrific. <laughs> uh, I don't know how that guy keep track of anything. You don't know how you did what? Sorry. I don't know how that guy can keep track of anything with oh, like 150 no. books out. Yep. I mean, I've done 10 books and I can't even keep track of those. Do you, do you write a lot of like sequels or is it, is he like, I, I call, I'm looking at least one of these as a sequel. It looks like I'm looking at your collection. Yeah. Uh, just hounded really. That's the only one that's, that's going to be, a series the rest i i haven't they've no needed that standoff alone novels that's really cool to see because it's it's I've, i feel like everyone has like a trilogy that <laughs> everyone's working on a trilogy it used to be everyone's writing a book now everyone's working on a trilogy it's nice to see someone just writing standalone stories yeah and it, it depends as well, the length. I mean, I don't have a length in mind when I'm writing a story. It just, it'll end when it ends. And if it's a short story, it's a short story. If it's a full novel, it's a novel. If it's a novella, it's a novella. I'm not worried about the size. 
That's a really good attitude to have. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's like, yeah. <laughs> it's the dream. <laughs> Just write. Yeah. Go forth and write and rewrite and write and rewrite and write <laughs> and read. Do a lot of reading. Yeah, no, absolutely. Reading is crucial. I've been, especially this, uh, with, with everything that's been going on and like the, the world today, I've been doing a ton of reading. Yeah, I think a lot of <laughs> like, us have been actually. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of nice actually. It's been yeah. like, oh yeah, I actually like doing this. Yeah. Um, So when when people are, are looking for you and your stuff, where where can they find you? Okay. Um, well, the obvious is Amazon. However, you can find me at my own website, which is www.authorally.com, or you can find me on Twitter, authorally, again. Pretty much those are the two places that <laughs> I hang out at. There you go. Awesome. Everybody should go. Yeah. I was going to say everybody should, who's anybody who's listening to this should go check you out like right now. Cause these, the books look fantastic and it's, it's, it's been awesome talking to you. It's been awesome talking to you too. It's been a lot of fun, actually. A lot of giggles. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> um, I I actually I I need to cut us just a little bit short. Yeah. Um, but I I, I do want to just like say say again, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you again for having me. And for inviting me, <laughs> it's been yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, we should absolutely do this again. Yeah, we should do a follow up. Yeah, um, <laughs> sometime like after after Halloween. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for for this year's Halloween. So am I. I really am. It's going to be much needed. Yes, but. I need to get going. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, uh, this is this has been the weekly grind with Ellie. Bye, everybody.